Hello and welcome to this week's podcast at Chase Family Church. This week we have Pete Bernardo speaking on the Jesus effect. Um, I want to start you off with a question and um, you can get into pairs or maybe groups of three or four or whatever people around you. So the question is, imagine if Jesus came into your home, um, you know, Jesus came in person. He came into your home today to have lunch with you or whatever. Um, what would he do? What would you do? And how would things change? Okay, so there's a few things you can think about there. Have a little discussion. You've got a few minutes. Off you go. I'll repeat it for, for those of you. If Jesus came into your home today in person, what would you do? What do you think he would do? And how do you think things would change? What would you do? What would he do? And how would things change? Or if, is there anything that would change? Okay, I hear the whisperings dying down a little bit. Okay, does anyone want to share their ideas? Come on, be, be brave. All right, put your hand up and then uh, go on. You would carry on as planned, but you'd include him in the things that you're doing. Okay. Oh, that's a good answer. She said, I hope I'm not doing anything I'm ashamed of doing. So, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. What were you saying over here? Panic. panic. <laughs> Why the panic? Well, we just feel that, um, that, uh, we feel 
yeah, like a normal person. I guess it's a bit like if someone important is coming, you know, it's like, I guess, could, is that right? So it's a, something like um, in scripture when Mary was, uh, Mary and Martha, Martha was trying to get everything ready for Jesus. Something along those lines, maybe. Anything else? Yes. Said, uh, give him a hug. Give him a hug. And, and, and actually, you know, obviously he's got Kai as well. There's seven in my household, two with Susan Pete. It might end up being a, a group hug, but I had this feeling that it would just be so overwhelming. Yeah. It would go on for a very long time. <laughs> Everything else would just fall away, and you wouldn't want the moment to pass. Oh, oh that is wonderful. That's wonderful. Any other answers? Yes. He might give us a hug. Yes. So, yeah. And that would be very special. And we wouldn't have to worry about it, everything not being right because it's not like having an aunt come and you've got to, work, you've got to be on your best behaviour because Jesus <laughs> wouldn't be like that. Excellent, yeah. We wouldn't have to worry. I like that too. Uh, anything else? So... <laughs> Um, I would um, prepare lots of food and invite all my neighbours on to come and meet Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to join you guys as well. I bet you got food. It's good. <laughs> join the party. <laughs> all right. Anything else? Yep. I might not get around to pudding because we'd be so interested in what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't get around to pudding. Yeah, no, that, that's good. You probably had those kind of experiences when you're, you know, you're in a conversation and the food just kind of, you know, gets into the background. Doesn't happen to me very often, but, you know, <laughs> occasionally. The conversation would have to be really good. Um, but I'm sure with Jesus it would be, yeah. Uh, last one. One more. Yes. So me and your mum and dad were talking about getting the best china out. <laughs> That's what dad said. But um, we just talked about just being, just worshipping him and seeing him there. And in terms of what he would say, maybe a mission or a purpose that he had for us. And being changed would just be more aware of who he is who he is to us and eternity and just our world view and every view that we might have just being totally transformed even more so wow yeah and i like that because you're talking about actually what would change and the transformation because i think if jesus came to our house today it wouldn't just be about the moment you know jesus always wants to transform and bring lasting impact you know that's what he did and that kind of leads us on nicely because I think a lot of this has to do with our perception of Jesus and who he is and what he's all about, what his mission is. You know, I've, I titled this um, sermon, The Jesus Effect, um, because he has an effect on our lives and he, he seeks to have an effect on our lives. We can be resistant to that. You know, we can be resistant to what he wants to do. Um, but nevertheless, he wants to have an effect on our lives. And... You know, sometimes we have a perception of Jesus that is wrong or is too small. In fact, I, I would say all of us do because, you know, none of our minds can really contain um, how great and how wonderful and how good and glorious um, Jesus is, you know. But 
there are things that we can get wrong. You know, we can have this perception of Jesus being maybe sometimes even a bit too stern um, because he is stern sometimes. But sometimes we can take it too far. Other times we can think he's too relaxed and too free, you know, like the hippie Jesus, you know, like the nodding uh, thing. But actually, Jesus, um, you know, he's not like that either. And, you know, sometimes we can we can have a perception um, that is too weak um, or, or too skewed in some way. Um, I want to read um, a passage from, oh, where is it? Yes, Luke 4, 16 to 21. And for me, this is a passage about Jesus' mission statement. This is like what he came to do. Um, and I'll, I'll read it um, from verse 16. Um, it says this, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. So he came back to his hometown. And as custom, his custom was, he went into the synagogue on Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So he was saying, I am the fulfillment of this passage in Isaiah. And this passage in Isaiah is, is really a mission statement. This is what he was anointed to do. This is who he was anointed to be, to be the one who would, be, uh, to, who would bring good news to the poor. In fact, he was good news to the poor. And we're going to see that a bit more in detail in a minute. He was the one who would be to, sent to heal the brokenhearted. He was the one who would bring freedom to captive people, people in chains. He was the one who would restore sight to the blind. And you could take that. A lot of these things you can take both literally and metaphorically. You know, people who are blind physically got their healing from him. But also people who are blind spiritually were able to see. And he uh, freed people who were oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Later, we're going to look at the full passage in Isaiah because there's some amazing things in there. But first, I want to look at a story, an example of where this takes place in somebody's life, where Jesus literally does come to someone's home and everything changes for that person. And that is um, um, the man Zacchaeus. So in Luke chapter 19, we're going to go through the story. Um, we have this example of Jesus going to someone's home. So uh, we've got the story up here. Yep. So I'll read, I'll read the story of Zacchaeus. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down. I like the new King James, made haste. Um, he made haste and came down 
uh, where did I get? Oh, and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. We see Luke 4 or Isaiah 61 all over this story, how Jesus came. I want you to note a few things. First of all, note this. Jesus, he, he gave nothing to Zacchaeus apart from his time and his attention. He didn't do a miracle. He didn't give him anything. In fact, Zacchaeus was the one doing the cooking. Yeah? Jesus came and it was his presence. His presence changed Zacchaeus. It was his attention that changed Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was hungry. He was hungry for something. I don't know what it was that made him hungry. Hungry for Jesus. And he received him joyfully. You know, he didn't sort of come and, and, you know, all right, all right, Jesus, okay. You know, he received him, it says he received him joyfully because he was hungry for him. He was hungry to know more. I don't know what Zacchaeus already knew about Jesus at this point. He must have heard about the miracles that were happening. He must have heard from other people what was going on. You know, I don't know. I don't think he, he'd heard him preach already. Um, he just wanted to get a look. And he thought, you know what, if I can just get up this tree, I could see something, catch a glimpse. That's all, that's all I can take. And then Jesus came to him. Zacchaeus made the first step and he got up the tree and then Jesus came to him. Now, I want to bring out another point here. Can you imagine a grown man climbing a tree? It does happen. You know, occasionally you might see me climbing a tree to play with my little nephews, you know, but it's not very often that you see grown men climbing trees, right? Now, in this culture, I can imagine that it was even less common because, you know, certainly rich and respectable men, they wouldn't even run across the, the street. You know, they wouldn't be seen running in the street because they had their robes and, you know, it was a big uh, culture of honor. And Zacchaeus, even though he wasn't respected, he was rich. So I would imagine that climbing a tree was quite a dishonorable thing to do. You know, it was something that, you know, men wouldn't really have done. And he was willing to do it just so that he could catch a glimpse of Jesus. And then Jesus came to him. He came to him. And as I said, Jesus did nothing. He did no miracle. He did no big uh, stunt or anything like that. But Zacchaeus was touched and changed. Maybe the conversation was really good. Maybe the food got cold and there was no time for pudding. We don't know. But what we do know is that Zacchaeus responded with extravagant giving. Extravagant giving. You know, he restored everything that he owed plus four times. And he gave to the poor. He gave to the poor. You see, this passage in Luke, um, 
in Luke 4, which says that Jesus came to bring good news to the poor. This was good news to the poor. The poor were going to be blessed because of Zacchaeus. Maybe Zacchaeus was a captive himself to money. He certainly was a captive and he was oppressed by the people around him. The people who considered him a write-off. They said, don't go and be with him. He's a sinner. You know, recently I, I was in a car accident and um, my car was a write-off. Um, fortunately, I've got a new car now. And as you can see, I'm okay. Um, praise the Lord. Um, but, you know, a write-off is when um, the insurance companies say your car is too damaged to, um, you know, it's not worth us fixing. The damage uh, of the car means that it's not worth us fixing. The value of the car is not enough. You know, and sometimes in our minds as humans, we think of people in that way. Or maybe we think of ourselves in that way. Maybe sometimes we feel that way. And sometimes the enemy can exploit those thoughts and tell us that that's what we're like. We're a write-off. You know, in Zacchaeus, to the minds of the people, he was a write-off. He was not worth Jesus' time. He was not worth the repairs. Maybe they thought he was impossible to repair. You know, maybe Zacchaeus was a stingy, miserly person who just cared about money because, you know, that's what tax collectors were like. They were cheats. In fact, he admitted that he had cheated people out of their money. But Jesus didn't see him as a write-off. Jesus didn't see him as somebody who wasn't worth fixing. And, you know, for Jesus, there's nothing that is beyond fixing in our lives. There's nothing that is beyond fixing. Whether it's physical or whether it's spiritual or emotional, psychological, there's nothing that is beyond fixing for Jesus. He is the God of the impossible. And everything is worth fixing for him. Because we are worth everything to him. So Zacchaeus was rich with money, but he was probably poor on the inside. Poor in spirit. And that's why he was hungry for Jesus. And we need to be like that too. We need to have that same poverty of spirit. You know, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. We need that hunger for Jesus. And the realization that Anything that we have on the outside, it means nothing. It means nothing. Even our good works. You know, Zacchaeus, before this, wasn't really a good person. Many of us, sometimes we feel like we're, we're good people, especially because, you know, we, we have Jesus in our lives and we do sometimes do good things and, you know, we can feel like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. But actually, you know, we cannot lean on our works. We can't lean on our works and think that that somehow makes us right with God. Only the blood of Jesus makes us right with God. Only his grace keeps us going. Only his grace is our strength. You know, when the disciples were um, casting out demons, they got excited. You know, I, I would if, if I was in their situation. But um, Jesus said to them, you know, don't Rejoice because the demons obey you. Rejoice because your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. That should be our rejoicing. But on the other hand, 
I would like to see some demons being cast out. And, you know, this passage is all about the freedom that Jesus gives. You know, I think back to this question of what it would, would it look like if Jesus came to our house. We would see Isaiah 61. We would see Luke 4 playing out in front of us. So we're going to read Isaiah 61 now because I want to take us deeper into this. Because this is the passage that Jesus was quoting from. He was quoting from Isaiah 61. And I think the whole thing has things all over it that is for us. So I'm going to read it from the beginning. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because God has appointed me, anointed me, sorry. God, the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. It's interesting that Jesus stopped at that point, the acceptable year of the Lord, but he didn't say the day of vengeance of our God. But we know that that day is coming in the future. That day is coming in the future when Jesus returns and he brings judgment. And then it says this, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up former desolations. And they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. And they shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and will make with them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My, my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me in, with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes thing, the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. There's a lot in that passage, a lot of really wonderful things. But in light of this, I'm going to ask again, and this is just to think about, you know, how would it look like for Jesus to show up based on this? How would it look like if he showed up in our church, in our workplace, in um, the world around us, in our own hearts? And the truth is, it's a bit of a naughty question because the, actually he already has showed up. Jesus is in you by the power of his spirit. The same spirit that's in Jesus is in us. You know, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. So all of this 
applies to us and is in us. This power, this nature, this mission, this desire, this impetus is in us to heal the sick, to bring freedom to the captives, to give sight to the blind. All of these aspects are in us and working its way in us, you know, because sometimes we can look at our own lives and we can say, you know what? I am the poor. I am the brokenhearted. I am the captive one. I am the one who's bound. I need freedom from you, Lord. And our testimony can be a story of that, of how he's healed us. You know, maybe some of us can look back in our own lives and, and see how God has healed our broken heart. Or he's um, given us freedom from certain patterns of behavior, addictions, mindsets that we've been in. Or maybe it's been physical things that he's healed. Maybe we've had mourning and Jesus has given us the oil of joy. Maybe we're currently in a situation we're mourning and we're reaching out to him. And the promise here is that there is oil of joy for mourning. Sometimes it's just, it's not even mourning. It's just we get comfortable and lazy and, and sort of dry. But there's a promise here. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you're feeling heavy today, take this promise. There's a garment of praise for you. There is a garment of praise for you. But we have to step out into that. We have to step out. It, it, it takes a step. You know, for Zacchaeus, it took a step. I don't know what would have happened if, if he hadn't gone up that tree. Would Jesus have come to him? I don't think any of us could say. But Zacchaeus went up the tree. He took the step and Jesus saw his faith. He saw his passion and his desire and his willingness to push himself out of his comfort zone. And sometimes we need to do that. We need to do that. And the result is that we would be called trees of righteousness. We would be called trees of righteousness. We would be called the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And Jesus uses another illustration of, of the tree um, in another place where he talks about the kingdom of God being like a tree and birds nesting in the tree. And the tree becoming this place where people can come and find nourishment. That is God's plan for our lives. That's what he wants us to be like. And then as we read on, we read this. Um, he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, as a bride adorns herself with jewels. You know, Jesus is our bridegroom. You know, we as the church, we're his bride. And, you know, this is something that I think we don't think about enough. But it's right there in scripture. It's right there throughout in the book of Revelation. The church is the bride of Christ. And we have to be getting ourselves ready. The bridegroom is coming. He's coming. And he wants us to be ready. And he wants us to have that intimate relationship with him by the spirit. So that when he comes in the flesh, we'll be ready. Because I know I asked the question earlier about, you know, what happens if he comes to your house? He is coming. He is going to come. He is going to come. And are we going to be ready when he comes? And now is the time we need to build that relationship of intimacy with the Spirit of God in us. And when we do that, 
these are the things that we, we want to be seeing. We want to be seeing the Jesus effect, Isaiah 61. We want to be seeing these things happen in us and these things, things happening through us. You know, Zacchaeus was changed on the inside and out of it came a blessing for others. You know, it was good news for the poor around Zacchaeus because they were going to be benefited from it. But it's more, much more than that. I mean, Zacchaeus is one example. We see many different examples in Scripture of people that were touched by Jesus. So what would happen? How would things look different? How thing, would things be changed? We need to receive Jesus just as Zacchaeus received him with hunger, with joy. And throwing off all of the, the, um, the things that get in the way. You know, the, the sort of, um, uh, how can I put it, caring about what everyone else thinks, you know. All the things in our mind that tell us, don't do that. Don't, um, you know, um, worry about your appearance and your honor and your pride. Actually, Jesus wants us to move past that, to lay ourselves down. And God wants us to become channels ourselves to the world around us you know there's a lot in the book of acts about how the church looked when jesus turned up when they had the jesus effect you know the book of acts tells us how the church exploded and how the presence of jesus and the spirit changed people's hearts and how things were set on fire and we see it a bit in church history. We see revivals. We see examples. We see examples sometimes in our own lives. But I, I feel that I feel hungry to see more. You know, and, and a little bit like I think last week Phil was preaching about hospitality. And it was a challenging message. And, you know, that was a message where he was saying, you know, this isn't where I am. This is where I want to be. And that's kind of how I feel when I'm saying all of these things. This, this is where I want to be. You know, I, I want to be in a place where I'm having, you know, lots of faith to pray for lots of people to be healed and seeing healings happen. I want to be in a place where, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm ministering to um, the brokenhearted. I want to be in a place where the, the words that I say are going to set captives free. And that I'm going to have insights and, you know, words of knowledge that are going to change things. I want to be in that place more and more. But I think the heart of it is this. Is it's not chasing after these things all the time, but it's actually about the presence of Jesus. How aware are we of the presence of Jesus? That's really my heart, is to be more aware of his presence. To be more aware of what he's doing I think that's when things change, is when we're more aware of his presence. And it goes back to the beginning, you know, what is our perception of Jesus? But not just our perception, how aware are we of his actual presence in dwelling in us and where he wants to push us, what he wants to do in us and through us, day by day, moment by moment. Because other things can get in the way, you know, other things can get in the way. But Jesus wants us to not be accustomed to the old ways and to the old norms. He wants us to be pushing into the, um, the lifestyle that he has for us.
So I'm going to come into land, but I feel like there's there's a response here for us. There's a response here. And, um, you know, for, for some of us, I think that we hold back because we get comfortable. Or maybe we have voices that tell us certain things aren't going to happen. The voices of doubt and disbelief. And God wants us to push past that. So let's all just close our eyes for a minute. Because I, I would, normally I would say, you know, come forward for a response. But I kind of feel like this is for everyone. I, I feel like this is for everyone. For all of us. None of us have arrived in this place. We, we all on a journey. We're all moving forward. So I'm just going to pray. And I want you to respond in your own way, in your own hearts to this. Lord Jesus, I bring you my heart this morning and everything that's in it, everything that I want it to be and everything that you want it to be, Lord. I thank you that you have great plans and purposes for my life. But ultimately, Lord, I want to know your presence on a deeper level. I want to know your presence and, and know your, um, and, and discern what it is you're doing every moment, Lord. Lord, would you come by your spirit and fill me, fill me again afresh, Lord. Give me that oil of joy for mourning and the garment of, of praise for the spirit of heaviness, Lord. Let it rise up in me today and... I want to see chains being broken. Where I've been bound, Lord, would you set me free? And would you use me as a, as a conduit, Lord, as a channel to bless others, to bring freedom to people's lives? Lord, would you expose doubts in me, Lord, things in my mind that are holding me back? And Lord, I just want to lay those things down. I want to lay those things down, Lord. And I want to receive you with open arms, with joy, just like Zacchaeus was able to do that. And if there's anything in my life that's, that's a hindrance, I pray that you would show me and that I would be able to lay it down before you today. Come, Holy Spirit, Lord, right now, and move. Lord, I thank you that your desire is always for our, us to be set free.
that you are the healer. You are the restorer of broken things, Lord, and broken people. No matter what brokenness we may be experiencing, Lord, that you can restore us and you can transform us. Amen. Well, thank you, Pete, for that inspiring message today. And we do pray that this will have blessed you. For all that we're doing throughout the week at the church, please go to our Facebook page or go to our website, which is www.chasefamilychurch.com. Um, but you can also contact us if you've got any prayer requests or just want to talk to us about um, what it means to know Jesus more. Do tune in next week as Martin will be bringing the word to us.